Five on five in five here on your Wednesday, September 20th. Fletcher Keel, Stephen Albert, and Kelly Rippin here with you once again. We've had another morning here, which we will get to all the headlines, <laughs> uh, as you can tell by the deep sigh. And the annoyed giggles. But yes, we'll get to all of that. Let's talk about the forecast first. Let's start with good news. Um, if you are a fan of summer, Stephen Albert, it is going to return, at least temperature-wise, without the humidity. So this is really the summer that I think most people can get behind. Yes, all the fall girlies are very excited. We, uh, trust me, I am one of them. It is me. I am them. I just, you know, I, I'm happy to enjoy these last days of warmth. So we get into the 80s today. Uh, still cool overnights, and that's really all I need to be happy. But then back into the 80s tomorrow, 85 is the high. Rain, not a conversation until next week. So, again, if you went hard for fall already and you got the mums or you're just excited about it and you planted fall flowers, make sure you're watering them, taking care of them. Rain will not come until potentially after Monday night football, but that is a conversation that we will approach at the end of the week slash beginning of next week. Yes, the summer girlies can continue to rejoice in the meantime. So it is five on five in five. You all know the rules. Five stories on Channel 5 in five minutes. Fletcher, the clock has started. What are we starting with? Yes, our top story and we're getting to the aggravated size, another threat to the Roebling, the fifth one in the last week. Yeah, so we're going to make this one quick. It's been the same stuff over and over and over for the fifth time. Overnight, it'll shut down for about an hour. I think police have kind of gotten into a groove of checking it out, it not being anything. But still, resources have to be committed to make sure it's not a real threat. But the frustration is, I'm sure, on many agencies because the FBI, once again, I'm sure is going to have to add this to their file that they've already created from the previous four incidents. Right. Understandably, police first responders don't want to talk about this because they don't want to give it any additional attention to encourage it. On the flip side, people who live in the area use the bridge, want answers because they're concerned. It makes sense. A friend of mine walked the bridge yesterday. It goes, well, I walked there and back and didn't have a problem. You know, if it's being talked about that frequently amongst the people who use the bridge or live near the bridge, you understand their concerns. So, that is a conversation that will continue. Hopefully, very soon, we can come to you and say they figured out who's doing it, and they will be punished accordingly. This morning, Danielle Dindak live for us and actually spoke with an NKU professor who said, yeah, even if threats are unfounded, there's still a very hefty penalty uh, for simply making a threat, even if you think it's a joke. You can see uh, that soundbite on our website, WLWT.com. Our second story this morning. Police are investigating multiple scenes in Walnut Hills. And Kelly, when there are multiple scenes involved, things start to get a little hairy. Yes, and they're still working to connect these potentially. There is the the conversation that they could be two connected incidents. So um, there was one incident that led to a serious crash outside of a restaurant. And then two different scenes around 1030 Tuesday night, one near William Howard Taft Road and Oak Street, and then Taft and Gilbert, where a car ran a red light, hit another car, crashed the barrier into the Wendy's parking lot. And on Oak Street, police were seen searching an apartment complex. So, yes, that's where we're trying to sort of see what was going on, what unfolded there. Um, again, not confirmed that they're connected, but they are certainly looking into that potential. Um, if you live in that area and were just curious what was happening, obviously there would have been a large police presence as they were investigating. And we'll check in with police and get you those updates. Our third story this morning. Ohio's governor, Mike DeWine, has caught COVID-19. Yeah, it's not something you want to hear. He's 76 years old. He uh, started having mild symptoms Monday. His office says he thought it might have just been a mild cold. 
Symptoms got worse, took the tests, came up positive. Actually, he was running a fever of 101 degrees, but thankfully he's wrestling at home, and hopefully he can bounce back with that. But it just goes to show you we are still dealing with COVID in all facets. We've heard people in our own newsroom and out and about still catching uh, the latest strain. So definitely be careful as boosters start to come out and you choose to get vaccinated. But with that, the at-home test kits, they are they're out there, but there's also a shortage of them because people are trying to stock up so they can have them for the winter just because you never know when you might need to take the swab as uncomfortable as it might be. Absolutely. And the big thing too with the COVID test is once you use one, you're probably using more than one in that next couple of days as you wait to test to see if you do in fact have it or if you are over it. So that's why a supply can get depleted at home pretty quickly. So just be mindful of that. Um, Anytime they offer the free ones, I put my name in. So we've got a nice little supply at home. Uh, Check the expiration dates. Oftentimes those are extended, so you can use those longer than maybe the box says. Uh, But if you've now had one for three years, you're probably needing to get uh, newer kits in in your house. That's right. And if you head to a pharmacy and they're out of an at-home test, just make an appointment with your doctor. I actually made one with uh, a Kroger Little Clinic a couple weeks ago, had... Some symptoms was very sniffly, very coffee, um, just got it for peace of mind, and they had one on hand, luckily. So yeah. uh, there is no shortage of them overall, just shortage if you are wanting to get one and not have to make an appointment. Absolutely. Oh, and one note with the boosters. Remember, those are not covered by the government anymore. You'll be paying for those. So That's just, right. just be aware as you uh, start to get flu shots and things like that. Yes, another thing to check with your healthcare provider about to, to see what the cost, if any, will be to you. Our first story this morning, a new sporting entertainment venue possibly coming to the city of Cincinnati with a new arena. Yes, I need Drake to take note of this so he can come perform <laughs> here in about five or six years. No personal interest <laughs> invested at all. Zero at all. But it's, it's, it's a cool thing. You know, a Heritage Bank Center, you know, it's getting a little worn. It's been around for a few years. So Visit Cincinnati has... Uh, that is the nicest way to put that. Well, I don't want to insult it. No, no, no. It. I appreciate it, it, that. It's had some legendary concerts, a Absolutely. lot of great sporting events, but at the same time... It's you know, old. It's, it's, it's old, older than, than most, we, we shall say. So that they put out a list of some potential sites, potential renderings of what it could be. Uh, one site in the West End, possibly Hard Rock Casino, maybe the current HBC site. Price tag looking at about $300 million. But, you know, in this day and age, of you need state-of-the-art everything inside of these the price tag is going to be up there a little bit but they're hoping for construction in 2026 and completion for 2028 i think a lot of people here would say this is needed the acoustics inside heritage are not great so a lot of artists and the size is a little odd so oftentimes artists do skip cincinnati and go toward columbus or indy and then we are just not on that list even lately seeing artists go to lexington louisville so um i think it would be an interesting take and we talked about it this morning on air keeping most of the eight potential sites are very close to downtown. That's a very cool thing that not all cities have access to is having all of their sporting venues close to the downtown area. So if they can keep that going in Cincinnati, I think that will be a very important thing for the future. And our final story, bad night for the Cincinnati Redlegs. Not only did they get blanked by the Twins last night, 7-0 loss, uh, but they also fell out of the wildcard spot, uh, wins by the Cubs and the Marlins. So now uh, the Reds full game out, a game and a half behind Arizona for the second wildcard spot. Uh, so just an ugly night all around. However, 
Hope is not lost. Still nine games left, I believe. Uh, series finale t- uh, today against the Twins, 12:35, so a day matinee uh, before the Pirates come to town and could be coming in town at the right time. Just lost 14 to one last night to the Cubs, so maybe the punching bag uh, that the Reds need to roll into town to uh, pick up some wins before their final road trip of the year. They do, but the Pirates also love to try to stick it to the Reds. This that is true. Before. Playing spoiler is a fun role to be in. Granted, like your season is that. over. Yeah. Spoiling Pirates other season's season. been over since. I mean, they were in it for a while. They hung around until late June, early July. But what better way to salvage your season but by playing spoiler to a, a heated division rival? Absolutely. So depending on when you listen to this, the Reds might be warming up. The game might be over. So be, to, be sure to check in on that. This is 5 on 5 in 5. That's Fletcher. That's Kelly. I'm Steven. We'll see you tomorrow.